Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well, your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors, welcome back to the show. And just a quick reminder that the birthday competition that I'm doing, it's still running over on my Instagram at the majors well and it closes on the 5th, so in a few days. I'm giving away a rosemary cleansing bundle and my new oil blend called 2021, and it's designed to bring in new beginnings. To enter, follow me on Instagram, at the mage as well. Like the post, it's a video with a birthday candle, and tag a mate in the comments section. That's it, dead easy, and you can have multiple comments, meaning multiple entries. If you share it in your stories as well, tag me, and that counts as an extra entry. And the competition is open worldwide. Now let's dive in. This week I'm looking into energy and the power of human beings. It gets a little sciencey, so bear with me. Nikola Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. The Large Hadron Collider is showing that when atoms and matter are broken down, pure energy is behind everything. Now, pure energy has a field of vibrating energy around it, which attracts a similar vibration of another bit of pure energy. They sync together. This happens again and again and again. The vibrating energy gets compressed, which leads to a stronger vibration. This energy manifests into physical matter, particle by particle. Even something as mundane as a brick will have particles bursting with energy. Everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, has a vibration. We just can't see because our perception of these vibrating waves, also called electromagnetic waves, is limited. So everything is vibrating and we can't see it. 
Our vibration also differs greatly and makes it seem that we are different and separate and stand alone to the things around us as well as other people. But we're all vibrating with this pure energy and this connects us with everything. Biophysics is realizing that molecules within our body are greatly dictated to by this vibrating energy and more so than hormones and neurotransmitters and other signaling devices found within the body. If a frequency vibrates enough, it produces sound. This sound can also be converted into light. I've often wondered how certain people can see other people's auras, but looking into this and thinking around it, I can begin to wrap my head around the concept. Could their eyes simply be operating on essentially a wider perspective, or kind of like a broadband width, to receive that information? Also, this idea that we're all one comes up a lot within spirituality. And I'm not going to lie, it's something that I've struggled to get my head around at times. Reading up around this and finding scientific articles, I kind of get it now. We're all essentially made from the same building blocks, i.e. this pure energy. The source of pure energy is consciousness. If you're not sure what consciousness means, it comes from con, meaning together, and co, to know. It means someone or something knows that they exist. Now, consciousness, it exists in everything, but there are obviously varying levels of awareness in these different bubbles of consciousness. For example, your plant may have more awareness than your coffee table. The depth of awareness depends on the frequency of the vibration. Bear with me. So, the idea of vibration depends on frequency. The lower the vibrational frequency, the slower the vibration. The higher the frequency, the faster it will vibrate. Think of an electric toothbrush. Now, when the lower frequency meets a higher frequency, the lower travels up to meet the higher. This is called the principle of resonance. Different states of being, whether it be emotionally, mentally, physically, or spiritually, depends on the vibration. Negative emotions vibrate at a lower frequency and much slower than more positive emotions, and meditation increases this frequency even further. This has been proven with brain scans and measuring the electromagnetic waves that the brain emits in these different states. So, to sum up what I've said, there's layers of how everything is constructed and how it takes form. We have the physical, for example, the table. We have this vibrating layer, which is this field of energy. We then have pure energy. Behind this energy is consciousness, and behind consciousness we have the source of everything. Now, remember how I said everything has a level of consciousness, and this consciousness is dictated by the frequency of its vibration? Let's look into these different levels of consciousness. The first and most basic is action and reaction. This is thought to be the conscious level of physical things. Then we have stimulus response. This governs cells, who are aware of the group at large. They therefore work together for the collective and not as an individual. Hives and herds are thought to operate in a similar way. Next is stimulus individual response. Individuals begin to recognize themselves and families are created through recognition of different individuals within the herd or group. Think about groups of apes or packs of wolves. Judgment response is the final level. It's this idea of making decisions rather than just reacting to something. There's a choice and there's free will. Each of the layers or levels can feel the levels beneath it. We might feel part of the stimulus response level when we go to a concert. Why is this useful to know? What's the big picture? 
Really, it's saying that our brain can vibrate at different frequencies and match to different fields of energy. Depending on where our consciousness is at, we can attach and attract any energy field we desire. We can hack this idea too with the principle of resonance. The lower frequency has to move up to meet the higher. When we're in a low state, we can change this by doing something that fills us with gratitude and fulfillment. And we can even do it with meditation. When we vibrate higher, we can reach the higher stages of consciousness. The hive mind or herd mentality, pure reaction. These states of being can be left alone and we can make informed choices. It sounds basic, but I found this information useful. I quite like science, and while I am spiritual, I do have a healthy dose of skepticism. Science gives weight to some concepts that I struggle to come to terms with. And okay, you might be thinking this is wonderful, but I'm thinking positive thoughts and my life is an absolute train wreck. What's wrong? Perspective and beliefs. Perspective. You might be so caught up in looking out for the worst, that that's all you see. You miss the smaller things that make you happy and place more emphasis on the nastier negative things. Belief. You might have a belief, whether you're aware of it or perhaps it's deep-rooted within the subconsciousness, that it's throwing the energy field off kilter and thus stopping you attracting a matching energy field. Maybe it's something like, I don't deserve to be happy. And the root of this is your mother telling you when you're a child that you're not good enough and you don't deserve good things. Happiness is also fleeting and it's dangerous to want it. Shadow work is needed to get to the core of these beliefs and to transform them. Check out my shadow work episode that I covered at the start of this season and I've also got journal prompts and a guided meditation on my Patreon. With this idea of energy, I looked into Curleon photography, which often gets spoken about in terms of health and energy fields. In 1939, a Russian scientist called Semyon Curleon discovered that if an object was placed on a photographic plate, this is what they used to take pictures on before film, and this plate was connected to a source of voltage. It produced an image whereby the object is surrounded or silhouetted by strange patterns and colours, leading him and others to theorise that what they were seeing was the energy or the aura of that object. Now this has been discredited by saying inanimate objects also produce a similar effect, and therefore it isn't energy. But I'm wondering if what we know about particles and how everything is pure energy and vibrates, if the fact that it captures the energy of inanimate objects, if it gives it credence. However, others have argued that the corona effect is at play. Nothing to do with the virus, Curlium photography does not cause corona. It's basically the ions around the object responding to the electrical field before they become charged. These ions then move quickly and essentially they bump into the slower moving ions. Some have suggested that this corona effect is the aura. Moisture in the air as well as on the surface of what's being shot also makes these silhouettes more vivid and visible. Now, all this being said, Organic fruit and veg and their commercially grown counterparts were shot this way. Now you'd think they would have a simpler silhouette, but they don't. The organic veg seem more vivid and brighter. Now I looked into whether organic fruit and veg contained more moisture, but I couldn't find this out. But I can't understand why it would. Personally, I'm skeptical. I think Curlian photography is an interesting occurrence, but I'm not 100% sure if I buy into it. Now, one thing that I do buy into is Dr. William Tiller. Now, he has done huge amounts of work in the area of energy fields and the aura. 
His experiments are rigorous and thorough, and his results are groundbreaking. He discovered that human intentions can be imprinted into simple electronic devices. Now he got a group of experienced meditators together in a lab, and they entered a deep trance-like state. He then asked them to embed the equipment with the intent of changing the pH of water. Now, water pH is a good thing to test on because it's highly sensitive and the slightest change can be monitored and detected. He then sent this device and then an empty one to a lab and carried out the research in a blind experiment. Basically, the lab assistants don't know the difference between these two devices and it strengthens the credibility of the experiment. Now, the device that was legit, it showed a whole unit of change with the pH of the water when it was introduced to the water. This is a massive change in terms of pH, and adding to the success of this experiment was the fact that the second lab he sent the devices to was over 1,500 miles away. And I should say he took precautions. For example, he wrapped the devices in a Faraday cage, which limits the electrical input and influence of whatever is inside the cages. And as he was doing more of these experiments, he noticed that the results were getting stronger and stronger each time. He began to look at the lab he was conducting the tests in to see if that was influencing the stronger results. He found that the lab was changing the temperature in a regular rhythm. It was oscillating. He measured the water's pH and its potential to conduct electricity. And the water's pH also had the same periodic oscillations to the temperature and contained peaks and dips that influences the water's ability to conduct electricity. There was a near perfect rhythmic harmony. His lab had become a charged environment. The longer the devices were left out, the larger this rhythmic fluctuation. And they weren't affected by doors or windows being left open and the aircon being left on. Very little could influence this harmony that had been set in motion. The constant repetition of intention seemed to change the physical reality of the room. Why am I telling you this? What does it mean for your craft and practice? Well, intention is vital. A ritual is like using a bow and arrow. You fire the arrow and it flies off. Happy days. A ritual that includes intention is now using a bow and arrow and firing this arrow at a target, which if you hit depends on your aim. My aim is shocking. And it also suggests that having a sacred space and a standard setup prior to each ritual or working strengthens this intent and the repeating of rituals or spiritual work will gear that space up where you conduct it. For me, Dr. William Turner, and this conclusion that thoughts can be contained within a device and at a later date released into the world and having physical impact, it reconfirms the relevance and effect of witchcraft. At times I have definitely questioned my practice and sometimes even doubted its effectiveness, which I think is symptomatic of the uncertain times that we're currently living in. This verified in-depth research provides concrete evidence to me anyway that there is a place for witchcraft and its ability to transform and influence our lives. The heart has recently undergone a rethinking lately, partly down to the HeartMath Institute, who have been scientifically researching the heart-brain connection for over 25 years. The heart is a muscle, it's a very powerful one, and it's about the size of your fist. Each heartbeat is a contraction of that muscle, and it contracts all day, every day, until it stops and we die. If you contract the muscles in your hand or your bicep and keep doing that, you'll notice that your muscle will get sore and tired and you'll eventually have to rest. The heart doesn't have this option. 
In one minute, it pumps about 5 litres of blood around the body, and if you touch your pulse points, you can feel the beating of your heart. This is called the blood pressure wave, and it's a wave of energy created and pushed through the body by the heart, and it plays a role in many organs and how they function, including the brain. But according to HeartMath, the heart is so much more than this. It sends signals to the brain, and it does this with a very complex nervous system that lies within the heart. There is a constant interaction or conversation between the heart and the brain, and the heart has actually become included within the hormonal system, and it became reclassified due to the amount of hormones it produces. Out of all the organs in the body, it's actually the heart that is the biggest producer of bioelectricity, and this is different to electricity. Electricity governs the movement of electrons, bioelectricity is the movement of ions. It essentially plays a role in maintaining health, and actually radiates past our skin, reaching 4-6 to six feet outside of us, 360 degrees every direction. How we feel alters this field. When we feel angry, not only is this radiating out of our bodies, but it's also radiating throughout it. It's rippling through all the cells and systems of our body. Now, according to HeartMath, it's possible for people to come together, think about a positive emotion, and in a large enough group, they can actually have an impact on a global level. Quote from the Institute's Vice President, Martin Howard, Strong collective emotional intention has a measurable effect on the Earth's geomagnetic field. That sounds wonderful, but what is that? The geomagnetic field protects the Earth essentially from space. Think of solar winds and radiation. It's also thought that this field can impact on how we feel. Now, the Institute is currently in the process of installing a monitoring system to detect fluctuations in the Earth's geomagnetic fields and how changes in health and social behaviour interact with this and vice versa. I think for me, bearing this in mind, the media and the messages that it sends out and the feelings that these messages generate have the chance to amplify the current societal thinking and feeling. It's definitely something to be aware of when we're consuming news. If you are members of my Patreon, watch out for an upcoming guided meditation around this concept of coming together at a fixed time and sending out bioelectricity in a positive way. In the meantime though, on an individual level, how do we influence our own bioelectricity? By being aware of our emotions and what states of mind we're in, especially when we're in a headspace that isn't the most positive or beneficial for us to be in. That means tapping in and finding out how you feel, and trying to bring in these feelings of gratitude, love and appreciation. What are you grateful for? It can be even the most basic thing. Often, it's the simplest things that we take for granted. Right now, you have a device in order to listen to me, and you have the leisure to do so. Be grateful for every little thing. What do you love or who do you love? It doesn't have to be the romantic type. Focus on the heart and allow these feelings to radiate throughout your body and beyond it. This being said though, this idea of good vibes only is dangerous, and I see it all the time within spiritual circles. It's called toxic positivity. It's essentially avoiding authentic emotions and particularly denying negative ones. Life isn't all rainbows and sunshine. There are inevitable ups and downs. Let's not ignore and reject more negative emotions to put on this positive show. Process them by writing them down, meditating, and focusing on the feeling. Give it airtime, and if you need to react to it, do so. 
scream, cry, shout, do whatever you need. By releasing them, we're discharging them, we're taking the energy out of them and they lose their sting. Practice some self-care. And no, this does not mean putting a face mask on and life's sweet again. Or a foot mask that promises to make your feet cute and soft by stripping away layers and layers of skin with harsh chemicals. Your soul does not need that. Maybe it does, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's unlikely. A lot of self-care gets marketed as external things that we have to buy in order to make us look pretty and therefore you feel good in inverted commas. If you want to do that, go for it. But I'm asking you to think more about your internal world. So journaling, meditating, lessening your load by saying no and placing boundaries on those who drain you, cook a nourishing meal, breathing deeply and being present, check out my episode on breath work, limiting your phone use and also being aware of doom scrolling. This idea of being on your phone at 1am and scrolling through social media. Why? Why do we do this? I'm so guilty of doing this. Limiting your phone use is definitely a form of self-care. Also, being kind to yourself. A lot of us struggle with this one and we might not even realise it. It's this idea of self-love and how we talk to ourselves. A technique that I absolutely love is from Teal Swan. I've got a lot of time for Teal because she's spiritual, but she's also really practical. One of the things she suggests is asking yourself when making decisions is, what would someone who loves themselves do? It's an amazing way of meeting your needs in a way that promotes self-love. And if you struggle to achieve loving yourself, it takes that dilemma away because it's tricking your brain by asking you, what would somebody else do, not you? Self-care isn't selfish. It's taking time to check in and to give yourself breathing space to allow you to process what's happened and what's going on around you. And let's be honest, there's a lot going on at the minute. It's day 30 of the new year at the time of recording. And what the hell is happening? Whatever you're feeling is normal simply because you exist and you're feeling something. It's human to feel a whole range of emotions, good and bad, and that's okay, and that's valid. Our society is selling us this myth that happiness is what we should be all striving for, and feel all day, every day, and it's utter bullshit. It's unrealistic, and it often comes with this idea of buying something to give you this sense of happiness, in inverted commas again. Personally, for me, happiness is challenging. It isn't a choice, and it relies a lot on external factors for me. What I do have control over, and what feels like more of a choice, is this idea of peace. Cheesy word I know, but it's the best I've got. Peace. How chilled am I? How relaxed am I? So that's something that I try and have balance over, and that's something that I align myself to, because I can focus on things and methods that give me a sense of peace. There's research that suggests that putting your feelings into words lowers the intensity of that feeling. Whether this be talking to a loved one, writing them down in a journal, singing about them, writing a poem, I don't know, get creative. But get them down as words and see how you feel. In the words of Carl Jung, I would rather be whole than good. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. 
Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugar pot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. And thank you to my Patreon subscribers, MazeCat79 and Jen Grows. Peace out, witches. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.